before we get down to it, a quick reminder that if you want things in your inbox, we'll put things in your inbox with the Hump Day News newsletter. It's a regular wrap-up of coverage past and content to come with links, tips, taters, and tots served up fresh, nice, and hot. And if you're subscribed to the newsletter but not signed up for the backyard, shame on you. The backyard is a members-only area at Hump Day News where you'll find all that's best and bizarre at HDN. We've got Mappily Power Rankings, letters from the editor, our in-cell advice column, and more. Sign up at the Hump Day News to log in and enjoy. In this episode, we welcome Ted Chase, editor at QRO Magazine. This is one of four episodes that he'll be contributing to at our Humpcast. Uh, so please have a listen. All right, we welcome to the Humpcast, uh, Ted Chase. He's a writer, photographer, editor, and impresario <laughs> at QRO Magazine, uh, based in New York City. He's a music maven who fills his days in investigating the depth of the All right, so um, Ted, uh, we're um, rolling on. Thank you for staying with us. Um, I'm going to offer uh, one of my best of albums for 2022, and I'm going to name the band Twin uh, and their LP One Stop Shop. So here's the tagline. In 10 tracks, Twin charts a course across the sound waves of transatlantic pop on their second LP, One Stop Shop. Uh, and I was very excited to hear that or see that um, one uh, another uh, QRO contributor had named this album. Um, for their own end of uh, year list, um, what was the name of that contributor? Um, Agmi, I hear this because I've never, I've only ever dealt with them on email. A M G, was it A M? <laughs> the name is spelled so I might, I might. All right, I'll find it and put it in the the show exactly. notes. But I, I followed um, uh, his account on uh, Instagram. Okay. Also, I think so, it might be a woman. Been, oh, okay, yeah. I followed her account. Yeah. um on yeah, instagram yeah. because it i is, yeah. uh, because i like her taste um yeah yeah and, and i thought um i thought i was doing like a deep dive here with yeah. twin um so it was cool to see someone else echo it um they're uh as far as i know a new england band sort of grew up um playing music in uh, a lot of the members grew up playing music in the boston area punk scene um but i think they um sort of went their separate ways, but also evolved as musicians um, into more of a Britpop sound, um, if that makes sense. And not Britpop, you know, from um, two, uh, you know, from, we're not talking Beatles or anything yeah. like that. We're more talking the Oasis era. So mm. it was very much a kind of vintage sound, a little bit of nostalgia, but just, just done so well and in such yeah. a, a wonderful, warm album to listen to um that uh despite myself despite not really being a fan yeah. of um that type of music when i heard it the first time around i really enjoyed uh their album one stop shop um hearing it in 2022 yeah uh, yeah they've definitely i've definitely had heard the i remember the name being um yeah i was actually thinking when you're talking about that reminding you of this 90s makes me think a little of what I said about wet leg when I was reminding me of that old 90s, especially also that British. Maybe mm. there's like a, maybe it's for Americans that sort of your your exposure to Britain is sort of 
uneven. So then it can it can more hook you in than or, or just or of any culture that's um you know you know as opposed to your that's not your own that uh um so it can sort of bring you back a little more because it can percolate up and it's yeah there's a lure of it's sort of an exoticism of sorts of of the foreign um but not too foreign so yeah yeah not too foreign yeah yeah like like we on there's a long history of give and take you know exchange between um british pop music and american pop music yeah oh yeah i mean that's (laughs) so um it's kind of like going home again um in a sense Uh, another thing that really sort of grabbed me about them and I mention it because I, I'm usually turned off by this, but the compelling background story to recording the album. So, oh. uh, and it goes something like this. They did like one of those van life tours across America. Yeah. Um, now van life is like sort of like a hilarious phenomenon. Um, oh. And it's, you know what I'm talking about? That's the like thing where you like, you, you post it all on Instagram and then you're yeah, it's like, like, I'm going to give up like, you know, living in a home uh, uh, to go full time traveling the country yeah. in like a pimped out van. So they like live full time. And it's it's if you're trying to make a living out of it, such as it is, um, it's kind of a social media influencer yeah, uh, sort of uh, mode of presentation where you're constantly trying to express like how utterly exhilarating your life is at every single moment and like how, yeah. how perfect it is. So there was a flood of this sort of van life stuff on social media for a while. Yeah, I remember seeing things mocking it. <laughs> right, right. And then the inevitable backlash where yeah. the same influencers who are getting a lot of hits um, advertising their lifestyle now get a lot of hits tearing it down. And basically yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like it behind was like, the scenes how horrible it was. Yeah, yeah. But okay, but that's on its own as kind of like social media, like I don't do anything except like film myself on Instagram. It's kind of a detestable thing, but I yeah. like hearing that. It's a, kind of a classic American story for like um, like a band or an artist. Yeah. Just like yeah, sort of break right. out and that. go and, and experience different parts of the country and let all those different sort of yeah. cultural so little think, corners inform the music yeah. and that they're making. Like I think John Waters did a book where he did sort of a vi- or it was like a weird thing where he would like hitchhike. Because I remember because mm-hmm. he because he encountered a band that was like traveling and he like spent time with them and stuff. But it was like going across, you know, and it's for a book and he's John Waters. He can pull it up. Um, but uh, yeah, as opposed to just the like, oh, I'm a pretty person. Here's me. Right. Thing, like, you know, um, uh, this thing. And, you know, it's um, yeah. And, and also you have the van life because the, the whole touring concept. You know, um, oh, which, for sure, for yeah, sure. Which, which with- van life social media influencers are totally ripping off, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. This it's- was already a thing that they're trying to do without any sort of um <laughs> discernible artistic contrib- contribution along with it. It's like, yeah, why are yeah. you doing and, it? And it's like, and it's not even like, oh, there are the people who follow a band around on tour. It's like, okay, look, I wouldn't do that, you know, it could be, but it's like, okay, you've got like, there's a reason you're in this van doing this thing. Uh-huh. Right. You know, you're right. not doing the van for the sake of the van. Right. <laughs> to be um I mean, they have their philosophical reasons, but yeah, they, yeah. They they're kind of thin. Um yeah. one last comment on Twen before uh I bounce it back to you. But I've said this, it's kind of an homage to Brit Pop from the Oasis era. Um, you know, wonderful, uh um, uh, you know, warm, spacious moody guitar work um just a very sort of classic sound um but smart songwriting wonderful vocals 
Um, I wouldn't mention though, and I don't know if this is, you know, a thing for people or just for me, but the British accent, the kind of faux British accent that sort of worms its way in there. I, I, it's kind of a turn off for me musically um, at times, but like I said, I love this album so much that, you know, I just sort of push those things yeah. to the side, but, but like, where are you on like the, the faux accents in music and it goes both ways like a, yeah you know, yeah Brit, it's definitely um, an american accent too i think it, it really is sort of just um it's becomes very obvious if you don't like the music like mm. oh wow this guy is is trying to do something and it's usually a guy um uh and especially there's also i know that there is within british music there's the people who are trying to do more lower class accents you know who went to their shishi private which they call public schools mm. but um then you know they sing songs and this this is male especially male and female sing songs like they're you know you know came up on you know the east end of london or something or, or wherever um that uh right they whether they're foregrounding or trying to conceal that like yeah that's um, working class british accent yeah i mean that's you know there's the, the classic the classic british accent example of course was madonna but one of the things that right. i saw an interview with it was jillian anderson who was originally from the uk but like left when she was three and was in the x-files american actress but then she moved back to london like back to the uk like pretty much after the x-files she's been there like 20 years and she was she i saw an interview this was sort of this is maybe 10, 20 years ago. So she'd been living in there, but not long. She says, it's really easy, easy for, it's really hard or hard not to Americans to start talking in a British accent if you're in the UK or if you're surrounded by that. She actually has, mm -hmm. she actually has some sympathy for Madonna because Madonna had married, she was married to Guy Ritchie, British director, and was living there. So it becomes, you sort of, slip into it a little um i don't know for twin i don't think there I, I think that's totally true yeah. uh, i don't know the background and, of twin either yeah they... I and mean, some of it could also be if you were listening to a lot of music of a certain i think that can right be, you can sort of simulate that cultural yeah. immersion by listening to enough of that music yeah you know so you, that it feels um, natural yeah you know i think and i definitely think there were you know artists going back to the 60s and 70s probably american artists who sounded a little british or and there were also definitely British artists who sounded a little, not just American, but African-American. Right, um, right. I was going to bring that, that was up. Because that was what they came up with. I mean, or you take the... Right, the like Joe Cocker, you yeah, know. Yeah, or you take the classic example of Elvis, you know, who... Right. Into black music, you know, and, and there was the whole thing. He was a white guy who sounded, you know, I mean, that's a whole... Right, uh, the imposter syndrome is... is but it's, it's also, that's, if that's the music you hear... Maybe that's the you know that's how you sing or that's how you do certain other things and you know and how your voice comes around in um because uh, then because then it's also also sometimes people can also just it's weird because you're someone sort of highlighted or like when you sing along like there are a lot of bands I love from north of England or Scotland mm. and like their accents are great but then it's it's but then almost feel like are they heightening their accents you know or, or are you like sometimes. You know, yeah, you if know, they uh, want to make a point of distinguishing themselves. Yeah, from, and it's only, or as long as it can be like they wrote those songs, you know, sitting at home when they were before they started touring a lot. And now it's maybe they don't, you know, their regular, regular, if they're talking to you, accent isn't as strong. They're talking to, especially if they're in America talking to Americans. But then when they go on their songs, they they go back into what they did when they were sitting in the studio, um, mm. in, you know, deep Scotland. They're going to uh, do it sort of that way. Um, yeah, it's right. uh, 
I mean, it's it's also the thing. It's also the thing with maybe adopting a British or American accent is that doesn't as much have to deal with you know. It's not that that's a lateral move move in terms of like it's not like adopting like another you know a minority you know white person adopting a black accent or a rich person adopting a poor accent or vice versa. That it's it's a, a, a lateral of, move, you say. Well, no, just in terms of like. Oh, I see. Okay, issues, yeah, just no, culture to culture. Rather and, than um, yeah. like class to class within a yeah, society. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, if you have like a Canadian, you know, um, it's like, okay, you know, it's like moving to, you know, it's it's so it, um, it's, a you know, it's less fraught in that that sense. And there's probably so much of, of this controversy like that we miss as sort of American uh, music listeners in Britpop, you know, this kind yeah. of tug of war between the different like classes and, and how oh, yeah, those accents, yeah, the accents show up. They're, their accent. I mean, it's not as. I mean, it's not as huge as it used to be. Like, because it goes back centuries and centuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, if um, that the accents are being because of the BBC and it's sort of, though there were you know in America you know they certainly probably had people who sounded from a certain region and they weren't from that region or you know the way the regional accents in America have you know are are have lessened. Um, but uh, yeah, there's definitely certainly artists who have. Um, yeah, they say like, oh no, they really, yeah, especially it's, they went to the private school, um, right? The rich kid school. No, not, not that school. we need to get into it, but yeah, there was a whole um, thing between what was it, pulp and blur, and that was kind of a, or was yeah, it? Yeah, I think that was a thing, and like, all right, they, let's they, not even get into that. Yeah, all right, I'm bouncing it back to you. Okay, well, there was one band that I remember because it was I just sort of heard of, but had never listened to, and then. I want to give give credit to their major label Warner Brothers for at least promoting it to me as a publicist. I think maybe it was because they were in my wheelhouse as a sort of a gang of youths. Mm. Uh, they're from actually speaking of sort of transatlantic stuff. They're originally from Australia, uh, but they moved to London, and then the the sort of frontman, the singer, is named David Lauepe. I, I don't know because I think his his father passed away, and his father was my I think it was Maori. Mm. Uh, New Zealand, New Zealander. So it was, um, and the sort of this, their album Angel in Real Time. That was sort of he channeled sort of a lot of the grief about that, um, and to that. And it was this band that, and it was a real, real revelation. And this is not like their first record or something. They've been around. I think maybe them moving to London, they're getting more. You know, maybe they were big in the Australian market. You know, that can be a harder market to you know sort of. But then moving to London, sort of giving, hooking into the British. Music press in the way British British music can get bigger in America than say Australian music because there's uh-huh. you know, a decades and decades long pipeline. Um, it was it was re- it was really good and it was really, you know, I mean it was definitely very emotional, but both having like real hope and, um, you know, real heartbreak, but also real hope, uh, and just but also sort of there were catchy mem- memorable songs. Um, it's sort of a band. Sometimes there are these bands where it's like, okay, they're not you know, Spoon or Death Cab that you've been listening to for decades, you know, you know, put out lots of things and they're not wet leg or something where, you know, they're brand new, but they would put on a few, especially this is, especially this is true in indie music in sort of more alt music where they put out, you know, they're like in their third or fourth record. And so they mm. put on stuff that you've never keyed into them. And you sort of felt like, okay, I missed when they first got big. And like, they're not like the band that like, Oh, you have to know. To, you mm-hmm. know, not, they're not a band that like all the bands you like cite or something like that, or like right. But like they're not like, like canonized. Yeah, yeah, they're not. But yes, yes, canonized. Yeah. Um, but so, so you sort of like, am I gonna? Yeah, you know, and you're like, and if you've listened to enough music, you're sort of like, do I need another band? You know, and mm. 
And you're like, okay, you know, they're doing their thing, but it's well, um, the answer is probably yes with you, Ted. You do <laughs> yes. need another band. Yes, yes. And I let know. me say, there's no bad time to get into a band, whether it's beginning, middle, or end of. Yeah, that's true. That is true. There's definitely a man. So one thing I funny to say about this is I've learned, though you will find that your favorite album is the first album you hear by a band, whatever, whenever that is in their career, is there that could be you know what not just like oh it's their early album or their big hit record, it could be yeah like this gang of youths or these other bands where you know this consistently sort of make records but it's like oh you discover their first the record that you discovered and that's um like there's a band chicago sort of post-rock band the sea and cake who i heard about them in the like fourth or fifth record and the, um and i just love that record and it's like the other records i like them they're always like ah it's not as good as this this record um everybody it's mm-hmm. um but um yeah, because it can be like you can really you can discover bands and you don't have to discover. Let me bands. let me use that as a jumping off point then to uh, uh, introduce um, my last offering here, um, because it's a band that I think is on its fifth, sixth, seventh release. Uh, Horse Lords. It's a band out of Baltimore, Horse Lords, and their album in 2022 was Comradely Objects, uh, which I just love as a album name comradely <laughs> objects um and i wanted to mention it because i heard it uh towards the end of the year because they released it at the end of the year somewhere in november maybe middle of november when everyone all the um you know music coverage outlets are already in end of year mode they're not really yeah. looking at new music and if you put new music out in you know november december there's a chance that it kind of doesn't yeah make the impact that it might at another time yeah. of the year so i wanted to shout it out because it's really yeah. good it's kind of i've been thinking of it as like a fusion of different genres which i just hate to sort of like <laughs> rely on fusion as a way to describe anything yeah because it's, it's like inherently alt, like it's like saying misleading. something alt dash so like, yeah <laughs> yeah neo. Let, let me call it a fusion of rock jazz prog kraut rock a lot of different things are going on here, um, like electronic music. Um, but let me sum it up by saying it's like uh, they sound like human beings trying to sound like robots at <laughs> times, you know. So they take their kind of rock band instruments, guitar, bass, drums, whatever. Um, and they will have synths from time to time. But they take basically the the, the ingredients of a rock band and play it like they were robots in a sense so there's kind of a kraut rock thing of that sort of repetitive building up of like a very simple pattern and the way that kraut rock was kind of like a forerunner of techno you know just like these these pounding beats that go on and on and on like like can and noi would do um in that same way horse lords are you know not necessarily um the an advance guard of a different type of electronic music but a kind of cohort in that cohort of electronic music um in the way that they write and use um their uh um standard sort of repertory instruments of rock and roll um so uh wanted to send uh, definitely a shout out yeah. their way and and like i said maybe their fifth or sixth release i don't think these were like all length albums but they're definitely sort of like in the middle of their career very accomplished um touring around the world um uh uh so um 
shout out to Horse Lords Comradely Objects. Yeah. It's kind of an album that I'm still sinking my teeth into yeah. and, and getting getting a feel for. But one um, keyword I would mention, microtonalism, <laughs> right? They're very sort of like theoretical, like yeah. band approach to this. So microtonalism is using, I wrote it down here, using shorter and longer intervals, uh, than the standard Western scale. So, you know, the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, there's certain distances between those pitches, but you can shorten that or lengthen it as m- whatever you want. There are no rules here, but it is, would be outside of the tradition of Western music to do that. So they kind of experiment with that, with this microtonalism using shorter intervals. Um, and you can hear it. Um, in the album all over the place and it gives it a very distinctive sound uh, so it's a good sort of you know I, i'm hemming and hawing at the label uh, or descriptor fusion but maybe you know microtonalism is a descriptor that i would like to associate them with them as well and indeed they associate themselves with it so i'm not just sort of grabbing this uh, yeah. out of a hat now um one thing you mentioned and this might this goes back to saying for why people do year end list and certainly with music it's just a lot less stuff comes out in november december and it's mm. a time like i mean i know i just don't have records to raise many records review because that's i this goes back to because it used to be in this a lot december was a big time for releasing like box sets holiday records things for the mm. holiday sales i don't know how much that still is right sales, but so it became and because you couldn't really tour, like in touring then because of, especially in America, because you have Thanksgiving and Christmas, people aren't going to tour. It's funny because in the UK, you can do a British bands will do like a UK tour, like just in December or like end of December, end of November. But that um, it's one reason to do the year endless is literally you want to be able to post something. Right. And, um, and, and yeah. And when you're not doing so, but then yes, then records that get released then, you know, and everything, every sort of, um, can can get missed it's like right now in sort of january a lot of like early january things don't come out it's, a, like, it's like releasing um a movie in january yeah like yeah nobody well um, there's there's only well the only thing with the movies is when i say release in december they're the december releases because they want them to either for christmas or their oscar bait and they want to mm. put them out right at the end of the year so then they're fresh in people's minds fresh in people's but, minds i mean january is a big dumping ground i think also yeah for, it's, for it's movies weird. That, january is i sort of especially when you're later, like, cause they're the movies that came out like right at the end of December or they like, well, put them out in New York and LA, like the weekend before new years. And then it's released. Like, so, so they try to do it as late as possible so they can get Oscar. Um, Oscar consideration. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cause, cause then sometimes you'll see the golden globes will nominate things that aren't even out when they're nominated. They haven't even come out yet because they're so like Oscar buzz. They were mm. like, Oh, done for Oscar buzz. And cause that's to try to, and then, um, and you want to talk, uh but so um, uh horse lords could have been more strategic with their timing yeah. but you know you i also yeah, respect yeah. just putting music out when you're ready yeah. to put it out and there's a little something to zigging when everyone else is zagged yeah and, and sometimes it can also be okay then other people aren't you, you know then you don't necessarily have i, I imagine that their fans are not like they're, they're not being overwhelmed by holiday releases or whatever no or, they don't care yeah, yeah, I think their fans are people that listen to weird, like Krautrock experimental yeah. music that are psyched for it whenever it comes out. Yeah. All right, um, do you have uh, any more on your list for? No, there was one I was just going to mention. It's um, was the return of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. 
mm. who were, I mean, they were, you know, in that early aughts, rock, they're huge. They were strokes. There was that New York, yeah. there was that movie. They had the documentary that was about the book, Meet Me in the Bathroom. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Interpol, LCD. Have Sanctuary. you seen that? Yeah, 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 I did. I mean, I um, I even did a review of it. It's I'm um, not, uh, I'll check out that review. I'm not really nostalgic about that period. Yeah, it, it, it's sort of, also because I'd read the book beforehand and I worked mm-hmm. with somebody who didn't interview the author, Lizzie Goodman. So um, it's, uh, but they were, oh, it's interesting because they were very well known, but they put out very rarely, much rarer than say like the Strokes or Interpol or their contemporaries. And this is their first, this, their um, record. Uh, <coughs> oh God, I totally forgot the name. Um, uh, uh, cool It Down. Cool like, It Down. Summer, yeah. Um, I remember when that's their first record in like nine years or something. And it, and one and, you know, and they hadn't toured um, and they're, you know, they have these songs and it was, it's a great record, except it's like 30 minutes long. Mm. Or like 33 minutes long and it was just like oh i've been waiting like a decade to hear a new new album yeah. by you guys like and it's like and I, I get that it's I well, mean, that's you know, okay i get the whole things but it's still like <clears throat> i get the whole artistic elements of it and yeah you don't have to write like that one of these things but it was just like it's eight songs pound for pound it's absolutely great but it was just i couldn't help but feeling it left i mean say leave you wanting more but really leaving you want like yeah you know, like a, you want a little leaving, you want wanting more, but this yeah. it actually felt like a little. Yeah, culture. yeah. There's there's so there's 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 a degree of how much more you, you know, if it had been, you know, ten songs, you would have been certainly still would have been like, oh, I want more. You know, if it'd been forty yeah. minutes, you would have been like, you know, you know, in sort of a better. And it's just it's just and just the 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 amount of time it took time between. Things. Well, and, it's not know, like they were like in the studio for the whole time. No, like, no, no. But but it's. Just, they would no, but it's also this that they were not touring doing anything for a very long time. And I think the last time they toured, it was the anniversary of their breakthrough record. So it was a particularly long time since a new record. And so it, uh, I mean, in summary, Ted, you're, you're yeah, 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 lazy bastards. Get to work. Yeah, yeah. Get to I, work. And I, I I especially direct I um direct this mostly at their mostly focused on their drummer Brian Chase because we're oh. really related. The Chase brother, yeah, Chase brother in arms, yeah. That it's it's just um, also because he's the one that no one ever because they're fucking a trio and he's the one that no one ever. He's the drummer, so he's the one. Yeah. That, you know, and Karen O, singer, very um, Mike Zinner, great guitarist, like, and they're sort of very noticeable. Right, he's the Murph. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 the Murph, and so I feel like people <laughs> don't um, don't pay attention to him enough. All right, Ted, we're at less than a, a minute. Okay, yeah. Um. We don't need to go anymore. <laughs> like, All right. I want to uh, thank you uh, for joining Humcast uh, on our inaugural effort um, as a kind of uh, collaboration. I hope to have you back again uh, to talk more on music uh, at another time. Sure. Thanks for joining. Visit us at the site at humpday.news for good junk in art, politics, sports, and culture. Follow us on our socials, subscribe to the newsletter, sign up for The Backyard, and for the love of God, remember, every day is hump day.